Hello, and welcome to the Christ Table Podcast, a Bible study for those who struggle with digging into the Bible, but who want to develop a richer faith, one with some meat on its bones. I'm Kevin Young, a media guy turned minister who's passionate about helping others thrive, especially spiritually. If you're unaware, Christ Table is a movement of people returning the church to her roots, in homes, around tables, over food with old friends and fresh conversations. Check us out over at www.christtable.today. In the meantime, today's study continues on the topic of unity as we continue our journey through the book of Ephesians. We'll be in chapter 3, verses 14 through 19. Let's dig in. One of the things that I have noticed over the years is that sometimes my physical presence on the outside does not match what's going on on the inside. Uh, Occasionally, I'll be perfectly happy and excited and joyful on the inside, but on the outside, my facial expression and my body language is not communicating that. And my kids will say, you know, well, if you're happy, you should tell your face. Uh, The opposite of that sometimes is true as well, where on the outside, I can be as cool or as calm as a cucumber. I can have a smile on my face, but on the inside, I can be extremely frustrated or, or fuming or, or angry. And so there is the possibility many times that there can be a disconnect between what's going on on the inside of us and what's going on on the outside of us. All of that to say is that when we are in tune on the outside with what is going on on the inside, we are people who are more authentic. If on the inside you're feeling joyful and happy and that shows on the outside, that's authenticity. If you're frustrated on the inside and that's actually showing through on the outside as well, that is authenticity. Now, why do I say all of that? Well, I say all of that because sometimes what happens when we come to prayer, conversation, communication with God, many times we try to divorce our physical body from what's going on in our mind and our hearts in prayer. Uh, We will mouth words, but we will try to, as much as is possible, disassociate our body from that. But the truth of the matter is, is that our posture during prayer Our body language, another word for posture, our body language during prayer actually helps us to pray better. Now, what I want to do is talk through a few postures of prayer. Some of them you may recognize and have prayed in this way, and others may be completely new to you. Now, Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14 talks about this when it says, when I think of all of this, Paul says, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. And so Paul says, when I think about all these glorious things and all of these gifts and, and transformations that happen as a part of a relationship with Jesus Christ, I fall to my knees. That's a physical act. That's a posture falling to your knees and praying. Now, Like I said, there are many different postures of prayer, and we should not be in the habit of ignoring our bodies when we pray. Sitting is one posture for prayer. The way in which we sit, perhaps with hands open or hands clasped together in prayer, is one posture of prayer. 
many of us will pray laying down in bed at night with our hands folded, eyes closed. Some of us will pray laying down on couches or or even perhaps on a rug or on the floor. I can remember moments where I have laid down in grass in the middle of an open field to pray. That's a different posture of prayer. Standing is a posture of prayer. Many times in church, we will stand. And that is our posture during prayer. Prostrate. Now, this is one that perhaps some of us have prayed, but prostrate is when you are laying down, but you are also face down on the floor. Oftentimes, arms outstretched from your body or even arms up above you on your head. This form of a posture of prayer is one that is completely selfless many times, distractionsless, and many would say even spiritually intimate. I can remember in the old days seeing uh, my grandfather kneeling down beside his bed to pray with his arms clasped up on the bed. And, and in that kneeling posture, praying on one's knees is a very traditional and old posture of prayer. In fact, it's the one that Paul refers to in Ephesians chapter 3. Even our eyes can be different in postures of prayer. There are many times, in fact, perhaps most times, where my eyes are closed during prayer. But there have been moments where I have felt closer to God when my eyes were open during prayer. Many times that happens whenever I'm in the beauty of creation or when I'm so overwhelmed during a worship service with with the architecture around me or or what's been happening in the room with the movement of the Spirit, that closing my eyes seems to disconnect me more from prayer than connect me to it. And our hands. I mentioned several times that our hands are, are a part of other postures of prayer, but even our hands can express many different things in prayer. They can be clasped, they can be open and facing up, they can be open and facing down. They can be behind our heads or or simply resting by our sides or in our laps. And so whenever Paul talks about prayer here, it's very interesting that Paul actually gives us a physical posture that he takes, which I think is an encouragement to us to consider not just the words that we say in prayer, but that we would also consider our form, how we are bodily during prayers, and that that match, if possible, the feelings that we want to communicate and that we want to feel in our feeling during prayer. Verse 16, I pray, Paul says during this uh, prayer that he gives on his knees, I pray from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. And so I think Paul fell to his knees because for him, that was a powerful place of prayer being on his knees. And when he is on his knees in that powerful place of prayer, he is praying lots of P words here. He is praying that God will empower this church at Ephesus. And I think ultimately that he would empower you and I with inner strength through the spirit to endure whatever it is that you are enduring. When that happens, verse 17 says, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. There is something 
that happens spiritually in our growth and development whenever we begin to trust in Jesus. Whenever we do that, we open the door of our hearts wider and Christ is able to make his home more completely in us, which conversely means that if we have a lack of trust in Jesus, then Christ is not able to fully make himself at home within us. If we're closing that door, then all of Christ isn't able to get in through it. Then I love the second half of verse 17 where Paul says, your group, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. That's an action, something that doesn't just happen immediately, that you will be deep and strong in God's love. But whenever we open up our hearts and our trust to Jesus Christ, then his roots are able to indwell us and grow deeply within us. I looked this up just a few minutes ago. The deepest tree roots that were ever found uh, to date were in Echo Caves in South Africa. It was a wild fig tree, and the roots to this wild fig tree went down somewhere in the neighborhood of 400 feet, which for comparison's sake is taller than the... Uh, taller than the Statue of Liberty and longer than a football field. And so imagine the depths of those roots from, from a single tree going deeper than the Statue of Liberty into the ground. And this is the idea of these deep roots that will take hold within us and continue to deepen as we grow in God's love. And those roots keep that wild fig tree strong and and Christ's roots will keep you strong as well. Verse 18, Paul prays, and may you have the power to understand, as all people should, how wide, how long, and how deep his love is. Now, in the original writings of this, there is no object there. The verse does not end with how deep his love is. And so the translators have, have made a decision there as to what the object is. But Really, Paul leaves this open-ended, which I think allows us to fill in the blank. Whenever Christ's roots go that deep within you, it gives you power to understand, as all people should. It gives you power to understand how wide, how long, how high, and how deep. For many of us, the things that those deep roots will help us to understand are different. And I think Paul intentionally leaves that blank because for many of us, we don't need to know how deep, how long, how high God's love is for us. We need to know how deep, how wide, how long God's, God's protection is of us. For some of us, we need to know how deep, how long, how high God's miraculous healing for us is. For some, it's how deep, how long, and how wide. God's ability to sustain us is. And so for all of us, I think that we come to Christ with different needs. And when we allow his roots to begin to grow within us, whenever we open that door to him, then he does something within us that is not just incredible at the depths at which he will go within us, but also is unique to us and to where we are, and to our specific needs. Verse 19, and our final verse for today, Paul writes, May 
you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to ever understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. And that's my prayer for you as well. This Bible study from the book of Ephesians is brought to you by Christ Table. If you'd like to join us in the study, there's an easy to follow guide in the show notes. We'd love to have you join us. You know, 65 million adults in the United States have dropped out of church, and that number will grow by 2.7 million before the end of this year. We at Christ's Table are committed to doing something about that. We're committed to creating a world where the table is once again the center of the home, the center of family life, and especially the center of faith formation. Our mission? To help people eat freely and drink deeply of life and of faith. Find out more about us by going to www.christtable.today. When you get over to the website, be sure to sign up for our email list. And for those who choose to donate, I've got a resource box that I'm going to send you in the mail as my thanks. And trust me, you're going to like it. By the way, the podcast is available because of the generous donations of our listeners and the incredible community of people who call Christ's Table their spiritual home. Join us on our next episode as we continue our step-by-step study through the book of Ephesians. And if you'd like to watch these Bible studies live, there's more information on our website about that as well over at www.christtable.today. Thanks so much for listening. We wouldn't be here without you. Until next time, I'm Pastor Kevin Young, and this is the Christ Table Podcast.